You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Word and bless your people in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I'm having a little anxiety about this. I'm a little nervous about what it is that God has assigned for me to go. I'm a little nervous about what it is that he is speaking to me right now and what he's saying to me in this season. Is there anybody really? I know I gave the title. Was there anybody really who's really having some anxiety issues right now? Will you just raise your hand and say, I'm really, I'm really all over the place, if I, if I were really honest. Thank you for raising your hand because I want to make sure I wasn't the only one who's experiencing that. So I want to say that leaving anything is hard anything whether that's leaving a town whether that's you know you're relocating um, you're changing jobs um, you are uh, moving from one level of school to the next thing moving forward in any area is difficult and I don't want anybody to ever glorize, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, glamorize, you know, like, oh, I, I made a decision. I just moved forward. Well, if we were really honest, I was a little apprehensive about moving forward. I remember when I left uh, Kentucky uh, around 2004 and I moved to Mississippi and I was nervous about that. And I was apprehensive because for all of my life, all I had known was Kentucky. I had never been anywhere else. I mean, I visited places, but I had never lived anywhere. And what happens is a lot of times when you leave where you've been, it's difficult because you have always been what you have been. And the people who have known you have always known you as you have been. So when you go to another place, automatically you are shocked into a different culture that does not have to accept you for how you have been. Sometimes when you're around familiar and sometimes when you're around normalcy, this is why we're in the series Disrupting Normal. Sometimes when you're around normalcy, oftentimes people will leave you as you've always been because they're familiar with the ways of which you've always acted. So when God shocks that normalcy and he shifts you, all of a sudden there's a shock value that's not just for yourself, but even to your surroundings. Because leaving anything, no matter leaving a season, and oftentimes what is most difficult is leaving a season is harder than anything. Relocating, me driving from one place to one place is different, but sometimes leaving a season is hard because sometimes I can get stuck in the middle of a season that I don't think is going to change. So I have adapted and adopted some of my habits based on what I believe will never change. And there are some of you who God is really shifting and changing your season, but you haven't updated your wardrobe. So when you look around yourself, when you look at your life, everything around you has adapted or has been uh, akin or set up to support the season that you thought you were going to live in instead of passing through. I love certain seasons. I was born in the winter months. I was born February 2nd, 1980. Uh, I was born in the winter, but I don't like the winter. I might be the only one, but I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it. If I see one more thing of snow, I'm a scream. I'm not excited about it. I am a fan of spring and a fan of summer. That's why I love to have a body, yada, yada. I love, I, I'm, I'm, so I'm working out. Because I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of, of hotter nature. I'm not a fan of this cold stuff and hot chocolate and all that. I'm just not a fan of that. You know, but what happens is sometimes we get stuck in something that what happens is we sometimes don't like a season. But because we don't think the season is going to change, we sometimes adapt and believe that a season is going to be our life. So because I don't like a thing, I eventually sometimes grow to become the thing I don't like. Because I think that it won't change. Someone say it's going to change. So when we look at the word anxiety and you attach separation to the word anxiety and you put the two words together, separation anxiety, the anointed prophet Merriam-Webster defines separation anxiety as a form of anxiety uh, experienced by a young child. 
and is caused by separation from a significant nutrient, uh, nutrient of a figure, and typically a parent or from familiar surroundings. It's experienced by a young child caused by separation from significant places and typically a parent or from familiar surroundings. And I know some of you are saying, well, I'm not a child. Are you? You might be adult in age, but have your child experiences carried into your adulthood. Have some of the things you experienced in child, childlike situations or when you were earlier, when you were younger, has some of the traumatic experience that you've had as a young child, have they affected the adult version of you? Because separation anxiety is anything that, that separates me from something that was a familiar surrounding or familiar parent or familiar environment or familiar person that I was originally connected to and now I'm separated from them. And I say that and why this is important is because I believe that according to the scripture, and even though I'm going, I'm skipping uh, the verses one through three just to get to verse four, I believe that Abraham has separation anxiety because he wouldn't have taken Lot if he didn't have problems separating from Lot. Some of your blessing is attached to who you leave. As we come into chapter 12, I told you I'm not preaching to you. I just want to talk to you. Someone say he just wants to talk to me. I just want to talk. In Genesis 12 and Genesis 11, and we get to Genesis 11, and find, we find out that Abraham's father uh, had just, well, uh, not just his father, but, but his brother, one of his brothers who was Lot's dad had died, and, and he had experienced death, and, and uh, everyone that he was akin to had left, and it was after he had experienced death of many of his family members, and after he experienced death of even Lot's dad, his brother, as he had experienced that, after that, it was, that was when the time God spoke now historians say that it had been 300 years before God has spoken a word directly to a man 300 years before this experience we find we go back in history a history and we look at what was happening 300 years before this event that was when God spoke to Noah Noah was uh, looked at as someone who was strange because he was going around telling people you need to get on the ark God is going to send a storm and you need to get on the ark and everyone was making fun of him because he was building something in a dry season and here he was talking about rain was coming and these people had never seen rain but he wanted to obey what God told him to obey so he built something that was going to protect the people when the storm came and I want to tell some of you right now you might be building when it's dry but continue to build even when people think you're crazy even if people think you're strange keep building someone say keep building Noah built under the instructions of God because God had told him to build that's the only reason he built because God told him to build and anything God tells you to do he will back up Noah built what God told him to build and the rain did come and when the rain came and the storm came all of a sudden the people who did not believe him now wanted to be a part of what he had built but God had closed the door and when God closed the door you can't get in you want to celebrate people who are with you before before God closes the door you want to celebrate people who believe in you before people before everybody because some people will come later but you have to celebrate the people who are with you now God brought people who who he needed God brought people to help Noah while he was building and later on the other people wanted to catch up but it was too late I want you to look at someone and say you better be with me now it might be too late later you might want to catch up with me now so he built in the middle and now the God didn't say anything else for 300 years years nothing else 300 years God said nothing and now all of a sudden in the midst of this death that Noah that that Abraham excuse me or Abram his name was Abraham yet Abram had experienced now God speaks and the first word God says to Abram is go go from your country go from your kindred go from your father's house into a land that I will show you. What happens when the first word God says after saying nothing for years is make a move? First thing, if you're going to have separation anxiety, deal with it. The first thing of dealing with separation anxiety is you have to put some action. You have to go. Someone say go. And I want to say this to you. Go is a complete sentence. 
There is nothing else attached to movement. Just go. Someone say, just make a move. He said to him, go. He said, make a move. He said, do something. He said, go from your country, go from your kindred, go from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I want to say this to many of you, your next is tied to your action of now. Your next is tied to your action of now. How are you responding to God's voice of goal? I know you heard it, but have you responded to it? I know that you know he said make a move, but have you made a move yet? Now, you have to understand in the context of this time, this was not an easy thing. That's why I was saying it wasn't easy for him to do. Because when he tells him, he says, I want you to leave your country. Now, understand country. Take it out. Take it out of the context of some Mesopotamian area that you've never been in. But take it to a place of all you've ever known. Leave your family, leave your kindred, leave this area. For me, and I told you in 2004, leave Kentucky. Everything that you have ever known, he said, and just go, leave it all. Now, that's difficult because sometimes we love our country so much. We love what we're connected to so much that we're not willing to leave it. So what happens is, instead of us leaving our country, our country competes with God's call. So instead of us leaving where we are, instead of us leaving the country that we've become so familiar with, you have to understand when you say country and when you say kindred, I'm talking about a set of values that I have grown accustomed to believing. A set of people that know me by how I am. And when I look around the table, everybody acts like me or there's a certain piece of me that's in them or a certain piece that's in them. And I can look at my mom or I can look at my friends and I can say, this is how we've been or this is how it's at. Or for some of you, even in your church circles, I can look at these different areas and these are the certain set of values that I have accustomed to according to my denominational country. And this is how it's always been. And now God is telling me to leave all of that and to move out of what I know. And there are some of you who have no problem with worshiping God until he tells you to make a decision. We love him. We honor him. We worship him. But when he tells us to make a decision, that's when we want to start bargaining. That's when we want to start negotiating. You're telling me to leave everything I know. Leave everybody I'm kin to, leave everybody who knows the way that I am and to get and to move and to get into another location. I'm not, I don't like this. I don't like moving. And there are some of you who you don't like being surprised. So you like to plan every detail. And sometimes God is not interested in sharing details with you. He's interested in sharing his, his plan with you. And sometimes his plan does not always come with instructions. Sometimes he says go and that's it. I don't know if you've ever driven in a car and many of you have GPS and you feel like you're going in the wrong direction because your GPS hadn't said anything in a while. And then you look at it and you try to make sure that nothing's off and you look and it says you're still in the right direction but you haven't gotten close to the exit yet. So because you're not close to the exit, you have to continue to follow the last instruction that you've heard. And there are some of y'all who are making exits and no one said, no one told you to make that exit. So you make exits and then you blame the GPS for a decision that you made that they never told you to make. I want somebody to holler at right now, keep going in the same direction, keep going in the same direction. And what most of our anxiety is, is because we haven't heard God say anything else. Since it gave us the first word. But God can't say the second word until you obey the first. So why would God give you another word when the first one was wasted? God is not in the business of wasting his words. If he tells you to, this is helping anybody. If he tells you to do something, your responsibility is to do what he said and then he'll tell you next. Some of us are like, I'll do it if you show me next. He said, you do it and then I'll show you. Some of us want the complete package and he doesn't give you the complete story. He'll give you piece by piece. Someone say go. Go. So he was Abraham. Abram, excuse me. I keep calling Abraham, but he ain't there yet. (laughs) 
It's not that he don't have anything for you, but if you haven't started first, if you haven't done the first thing, he can't give you the next thing. Abrams, excuse me, Abrams, Abrams' issue or his thing that God was trying to ask him was, can you trust me further than you can see me? Are you able to trust me further than you can see me? He says, go on. He says, go until I'm trying to execute this text. Meaning I'm trying, trying to add to it. I'm just want to tell you exactly what the text says. I'm not adding to it. I'm not trying to glamorize. I'm going to tell you exactly what it says. He says, go. Go from your country. He said, go from your kindred. Go from everything. I want you to move. Make a move. And then he goes on and says, to a land that I will show you. Not only do you have to go, but the next part is you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to have faith. Someone say you got to have faith. That means you won't know, but you got to go. That means you might not, he might not show it, but that doesn't mean you can't go. That means go and trust him. And some of you people are like, well, that's blind. I'm not talking about blind. It means trust. That means that he will give you a guide for everything you go. Basically, he was saying to him, gather everything that you have. Gather all your belongings. He said, take them from this place because you're not coming back here. Say it again. Take everything you have, grab your belongings, get away from your family. He said, because you're not coming back here. Someone say, I'm not coming back here. He says, and after I tell you to go, he said, now add to this, I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. I'm not even going to give you, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to give you a glimpse of it. I said, walk until I tell you to stop. Move until I tell you to stop moving. Trust me until I tell you this is the vicinity. This is the area. And there's some of you right now, the reason that you are Episcopalian quiet is because some of you are in a season where you don't know what is next, but you do know that he told you to move now. So you're in a season like Abraham. He said, I'm just going to show you when you get there. You won't know. And this is what's hard. And I don't want you to miss this. It's hard following instructions and you're around people who didn't hear what you heard. Brother Sterling, uh, God told Abram to leave his kindred, leave his family, but he had servants he brought with him. He had friends he brought well, He had his wife he brought with him. He brought Lot with him. Now they're all in the company going through this decision. And every mountain or every area that looks like the spot they should stop, they're looking at him and saying, is this it? And he said, I don't know. God ain't said nothing. Have you ever tried to explain God's movement to people who haven't heard it? He says, keep walking. Don't explain. <laughs> keep walking. Don't explain. Let's say it together. Keep walking. Don't explain. Say it again. Keep walking. Don't explain. What happens is, how can you explain a season you don't understand yourself? Some of us are wasting time trying to explain the movement of God and you don't understand it yourself. I don't understand what he's doing. So why would I even try to make sense of it to you who hasn't even decided to walk with God in the first place? You are just only in my company. But what I know is he told me to go and I decided to make a move and that means I've got to trust him. And this is what faith does. This is in your notes. Faith doesn't respond because it's easy. Faith responds because it's God. I'm not responding because it's easy. I'm responding because it's God. Someone say just respond. So I'm responding because it's God. Now, this is what's important, and I'm almost through here, and I know I hope this is not putting you to sleep or anything, and I hope this, not, I hope this lights are not dim, too dim to put you all in a state of sleep because I want to make sure that in your season, in this season where you're in faith and you're learning to have to trust, I want to make sure that you don't abort your mission just because you don't know what the mission is completely yet. Don't abort when you're in the middle of it. Someone say don't abort it yet. He told him, he says, all right, Abram, he says, go from your family, go from your kindred, go from your country. He says, now, going is hard, yes. He says, but going to a land that I'll show you, that means you're going to have to develop a relationship with me. That means you're going to have to learn to hear me. 
that means you're going to have to learn to listen to my voice. That means you're going to have to learn to silence the, vo the noise and the voices around you. Because when I tell you stop, if you got their voice in your ear, then you won't hear me because you're listening to everybody else around you. In this season, turn down the volume of skeptics and turn up the volume of the Savior. I have to turn you down because if I keep listening to you, I already have anxiety about where I'm going. So if I listen to you, it's going to make me worse than what I already am. And as Tyler Perry said, I can do bad by myself. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't value you. But I can't listen to you when you don't know where we're going either. In this season, I, the best thing I can do is be quiet and listen. He says, go, I will make, I will show you. He says, I will show you in the land. And then verse 2 says, after that, he says, and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in all of the families of the earth, you shall be blessed. I will make of you a great nation. Someone say, make of you. I will make of you a great nation. Say it again, make of you. This is the part that we skip over. A part of being blessed is also being processed. Make of you. What does make means? It means that you don't come self-ready. I have to be made into it. There are some of you who want a blessing that you have not been made enough to receive yet. You have to be made into it. He said, I will make of you a great nation. This is the part. You're not a great nation yet, but I'll make you one. You're not where you're going to be, but I will make you that if you trust me. You're not ready for it yet, but if you walk with me long enough, I'll make you ready for it. I want somebody to say right now, he's making me right now. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. That's why you can't clock right now. That's why you can't go off right now. That's why you can't leave your job right now. Because your co-worker, your job is actually making you a better supervisor. Making you. He's making me. And that making process is difficult because I don't like being made. In the old school church, we used to have people that when we had service, we used to have afternoon service. I know I missed some of y'all. We used to have afternoon service. With those of us at Growth Point, we are afternoon service. But for all those of you, we used to have 11 o'clock service, 10 o'clock service, all the type of stuff. We had afternoon services. And in the afternoon services, in between services, the mothers or, or the, some of the good cooks, Mama Joanne, would be downstairs in the fellowship hall, and they would be making the dinner. You will be upstairs in church smelling green beans through the vents. Choir be rocking around in their choir robes, singing and shouting, and you could smell the macaroni and cheese downstairs. You couldn't get to it yet, but it was being made. And it wasn't, if you went downstairs when the preacher was preaching, like y'all want to leave right now, you went downstairs when the preacher was preaching to see if you can get a little taste of that church tea. You can get a little taste of that ice. The, 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 the only cake that the church made was, was a cake with caramel icing. And you couldn't wait. Y'all got some people that's been in church. I'm sorry. And you couldn't wait to go downstairs to get there. And somebody would say it was usually one of the nasty ones who was down there cooking because the, the nice ones would say, oh, come over here. But the, na the nasty ones, the nasty cooks, you know it's a real cook if they nasty because only real cooks are nasty. The rest of the cooks are new. But the one who's been there the longest will slap your hand and say the food ain't ready yet. Get yourself back up church where you belong. And there are some of you who keep trying to go to heaven saying you want something and it ain't ready for you yet. And if you're not ready, if you're not careful, you'll try to get a dinner that's not ready for you yet. And you're not ready. And God's trying to slap your hand and saying, be patient. I'm not ready yet. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's good for me now. Just because it smells good does not mean it's for me right now. Sometimes a good thing in the wrong, in the wrong season is a bad thing. 
if I'm not ready for it yet, I need to have patience. And what I really need to pray for is, Lord, give me the patience to stay in this seat until you call for me. Because when you go downstairs, then they ask you, do you want a leg or a breast? God's trying to get you to a place where you got options. I'm sorry, Charlize. We've been teaching the church. Some of y'all, excuse me, I'm trying to get out of this brain to help me. Some grab, somebody grab the mic, put me in the key, E flat or something. Listen, some of y'all know struggle so much that you don't know how to succeed. So all you know is the God who will snatch you out of trouble and snatch you out of trial, but you don't know the God who will give you options. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for being a bridge over troubled waters. Thank God for paying my bills. But I don't want to always pray to God for him to pay my bills. I, I don't always want to pray God for him to make sure I make my rent on time. I want God to bless me in a place that I can get into an opportunity where generations start being blessed after me. Not the God who pays my bills. If you need them to pay your bills, maybe you really need spending habits. It's not God that needs to bless you. It's your habits that need to bless you. Why am I needing assistance every month? Why do I wear Prada, but I need my bills paid? I miss it. Why do I have a coach purse, but my car got repossessed? Why do I have nice weave, but I don't tithe? Ooh, it's got real <laughs> He said, I will make you a nation. That means that he wants, excuse me, he wants me to be more than local. He will make me a great nation. It didn't say he'll make me a great state. It didn't say he'll make me a great city. It says he'll make me a great nation. What it means is I'm more than what you see. Don't get comfortable with where I am because I'm more than just this place. Somebody say I'm more than this. He'll make me. He'll make me a great nation. But it's process. Someone say you got to be processed. He'll make me a great nation. This wasn't, this was what's important. I'm almost through. This is important. The reason that God had to move him. That's why I told you I'm not trying to preach. I got caught up for a second. He says, the reason that I had to move you is because if I kept you where you were, you would have become what you were in. His dad, his dad and his family were connected to idolatry and they were worshiping other gods. And he said, even though you worship me, if you're not careful what you're around, you will start adapting and adopting principles by what you're around. It's not that you don't love God, but I don't want you to be influenced by your surrounding or by your environment but to the point where you start questioning me. And there are some of you who was wrong with you in this season. It's not that you don't love God, but you love God and people's opinions. You love God and you also want to make sure that everything is, you, you want to make sure that I love God, but I don't want to offend anybody. This is the season that you're just going to have to offend somebody and follow God. He said, I don't want you to stay there because if you stay there, you might become where you are. Sometimes God will pull you out of a situation for your own good. If he doesn't pull you out of it, you won't leave. Is there anybody in the room right now, Mr. Arlisa, that can just raise your hand and say, had God not delivered me, I would have never been delivered. I know some of us in the sanctified church, we used to get up, not, not all of y'all, but some of us, we used to get up and we have testimony service. We would say, first of giving honor to God the head of my life, the pastor, bishop, uh, first God, uh, the first lady, first children. 
saints, friends, deacons, mothers, evangelists, all of the household of faith. And we're going, Caitlin, we would say, I want to thank God for being saved, sanctified, filled with his precious Holy Ghost. And I do speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. I want to thank God for keeping me in my right mind. I want to thank God. And we say that, and it sounds good. But when is the last time you told the real truth that if God had not snatched me at that very moment, I would not be thanking him for being saved and filled with the Holy Ghost because sometimes I'm still filled with myself and had God not delivered me, not just in 1987, but had God not delivered me yesterday, I would not be testifying today because he didn't just deliver me. Matter of fact, he's still delivering me. He's still working on me. He's still changing me. Somebody say, he's still working on me. I'm a work in progress. That's why I don't have time to judge you because if you follow me long enough, a little bit of flesh is still in me and I still need it to be sanctified. process he will make me somebody say he's still making me still parts of me that's not made yet please be patient with me john james cleveland said please be patient with me god's not through with me yet i wish we had more people that would testify and say i messed up yesterday but i showed up today I messed up Friday, but I prayed Friday night. We don't testify like that because we don't want people to know the real truth. The real truth is, come on, Erica Campbell, I need a little more Jesus. Somebody say, I need him. I'm going to make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. I will make you. I, will, I can't get out of that. I'll make you a great nation. Because the blessing is not about you. It's about what comes after you. And I will make your name great. You have to understand that. He said, I'm not going to make your title great. I'll make your name great. Some of y'all are promoting your titles. Your titles hold no weight. Because when I go to heaven, I'm sorry, AJ, when I get to heaven, he's going to look at the roll, and my name's going to be on the roll. Come on, Miss Linda Jackson, sign me up for the Christian Jubilee. <laughs> Write my name on the roll. I've been changed since the Lord has lifted me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, excuse me. It took me back to my old school day. I want my name on the book, not my title. When I get to heaven, my title means nothing. When I get to heaven, Jesus is not going to call me pastor nothing. He ain't going to call me bishop nothing. He's going to say, Mario, it's your name in the book. I want somebody to look at somebody and say, my name's in the book. No, no, no. He's going to call my name. He's going to make my name great. Your name holds weight. Why you have to protect your name? Above all things, what is my name? My name is my reputation. My name is my character. My name is who I am when nobody's looking. That is the thing that the devil is after. Not your church face. He's after your weak struggle. He's trying to make your name great, but it's going to take time because I've known my name as what it's been. Some of my habits are attached to an old name. Some of my ways are attached to an old name. Don't y'all act like y'all don't have no name that don't nobody know about. That's why we can't find you on Instagram because your name on Instagram is what your character really is. Sister Buddy Boo, somebody's sister, drop it like it's hot. All of that, that ain't who you are. That's what you used to be associated with. He wants to make your name great. Someone say he wants to make my name great. I mean, he wants your character to speak for you. Why it's important is because he lost, this was important, Sister Dolores, was important because he lost his name when he left his family. Some people don't want to change because to change means that everything I was is wrapped up in them. He said, 
when you leave, you're going to lose your name. But I'm going to make your name great. I want you to have permission to tell people my name is not wrapped up in you. My name is not wrapped up in what you think of me. He will make my name great. Don't you ever give your character and your reputation to somebody who can destroy it. God will make your name great. Someone say God will do it. He says not only will I bless you, but I'll make you a blessing. I feel good in my soul. I, I will make you a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. Not only all humanity, but I will make sure that everyone who comes after you will look and say, because they made a decision. I am the recipient of the decisions that they made. I'm telling you, church, go through the process because your process is going to bless somebody else. What is happening right now is God is trying to make you. Is there anybody who this is identifying with? God is trying to make you. But it, what the enemy is trying to do is break you. God is trying to make you. But the enemy is trying to break you. Because if the enemy breaks you, God can never make you. You know why I love palm trees? I wish I could grow them here. I think Caesar grows them. But I wish I had palm trees. It's because palm trees are able to withstand any storm. No matter what storm they go through, they will sway. They will shift. They will do all these things. They will get to the point that they will bend all the way down on the ground because of the storm that got them. And you'll be driving down the street looking at a bent over, bent over palm tree. But the thing that the palm tree doesn't share with you is I'm bent right now. But give me time because I'm going to rise back up. Because everything that comes in my life will try to shift me, try to bend me. But it will never break me because there's something in my elasticity that allows me to be able to shift and allows me to be able to move. But no matter what comes at me, it will never break me because I was built to last. Somebody holler at your boy and say, I was built for this. What God is trying to do is to build some stamina in you. You keep giving up too soon. I always wanted to give up. Somebody pray for me. I feel like stopping. Stop it. Sorry. I didn't want to holler at you. Stop asking for foolish prayer requests. Pray that I last. You are built to last. He built that with you in mind. He's not going to give you more strength. He is your strength. Stop praying for stuff that he's already given you. I lost five of y'all. Y'all like, well, what do I pray for? You don't pray for it. You walk in it. Walk in what's already in you. I don't have to become any more my mama's child than I already am. Because if I'm broke, I'm still my mama's child. I'm just her broke child. If I'm lazy, I'm still her child. I'm just her lazy child. But no matter what season I'm in, I'm still the child. And I want somebody to say right now, no matter what season I'm in, I'm still his child. And God's got an investment in you. And he would not have pulled you from it if he didn't have something he was trying to make in you. And there's some of you right now who are here in a season that you're trying to figure out, why would God tell me to leave that and not tell me where I'm going? Because he's trying to make you in the middle. In the middle is the making process. Some of y'all are waiting for another point. There is no other point. He's making me. And what I'm dealing with is separation anxiety because I like where I was. And I like who I was. But God told me to divorce where I was, but I don't know where I'm going. Do you know how many people, you know how many people come to Growth Point, love it, but can't leave the dead cemetery that they go to? Because when I have been used to a dead thing, I'm scared of life. 
Do you know, do you know it's easier to be a slave than to be free? And there's some people who would rather stay in bondage than get set free. Why? Because according to the Bible, according to the Bible, as long as they were in the wilderness, God provided. But when they got to the promised land, the Bible says the manna ceased. You missed it. As long as I was in a season and in the wilderness, God provided. But when I had enough strength to get to the promised land, he stopped the provision and said, now work for yourself. Some of us want God to work for us, but God's saying you are strong enough to now fight your own battles. I'm not fighting for you the way I used to fight for you because now you got to learn how to use what you got. But some of us, give me more, give me more. He said, I'm not giving you any more. That season has stopped. I've disrupted that thing. Stop using me for government assistance. I'm not that provider. I will provide you the courage to be a great nation. I will provide you the courage to walk into this next season. But you're going to have to do the work yourself. Someone say, do the work yourself. All right, I'm through. I'm, I'm finished. Because this is why this is what I was trying to get to this whole time. After God told him all those different things, it scared me because verse 4, he says, and he did what God told him to do, but he took Lot with him. That bothered me. I followed you. I went where you wanted me to go. I did what you told me to do, but I took Lot with me. And I started near, I said, why did he take Lot with him? Lot was orphaned. Lot was an orphan child who had no one to take care of him. And I want to say something to you really simple. Sometimes your compassion and your empathy for someone who's orphaned becomes your liability. Let me make that make sense. Your issue is not my concern if I'm not the one called to help you. Some of us carry people around us because we think we can help them. But what happens is if you're not careful, their help, you helping them, winds up hurting you. Because anything I'm not equipped to handle eventually winds up hurting me. You want Bible for it? I'll give you Bible. The same person he took, God eventually told him to separate from. Because his, his nephew became a lot. Sometimes I love you, but to take you with me is a lot. To entertain your foolishness is a lot. Because what happens is, if I'm not careful, I will try to change you into what God is changing me into, but your resistance is becoming a lot. Because you don't want to change like I want to change. You don't want to grow like I want to grow. You don't want to stop the habits that I'm trying to stop. So trying to change you and trying to convince you to change is becoming a lot. My blessing is my blessing. But if I'm not careful and I try to bring, I don't know why I'm preaching this. If I try to bring you into my blessing, Charlize, you might become my burden. Because he said, I'll make you. He didn't say them. <laughs> and I know that sounds so selfish. But once you have gone through enough, when you have experienced enough, there comes a season in your life where you say, I've got to protect this. I love you. 
I'm concerned about you, but what I do know is there is a counselor for you, and I'm not it. What I know is there's a therapist that can help you, and I'm not it. What I know is trying to help you is actually stalling me. I'm praying for you, but I can't let you pressure me. It's becoming too much that every time I pick up the phone, you're going through something and it's pressuring me. It's weighing me down. It's causing me to be depressed and I wasn't depressed before you. You're becoming a lot. My message is over. I mean, I'm through. Really, I'm seriously. You can play the music because they can't take no more. Some of you need to tell yourself, they're a lot. And God didn't tell me to take that with me. He didn't tell me to take that with me. And what happens is, in the name of God, people will, manip they will manipulate your compassion for their benefit. Draw you into mess that you would have never been drawn into. And you have to have the courage to say to yourself, that's a lot. God didn't tell me to do that. And I repent for my compassion that got in the way of the call. Let me explain that. I'm, I'm actually through. Really, Justin, I promise you I'm through. Because some of your issue and what's happening to you and not you and me is that people say, but I thought you were called to me. Do you know Jesus said, he could, scripture says in one particular, uh, one particular verse, it says, he could do no mighty works because they kept him where he was. You missed it. They knew Jesus as what he was. Ain't that, ain't that, ain't that the carpenter's son? Ain't that Joseph's boy? Ain't that Mary? And it said that he could do no mighty works because they couldn't see him as what he was. I can't be called to you if you can't see me as help. If I have to fight you, you're not ready to change. It's becoming a lot. I already got separation anxiety. I mean, I'm through, Justin. I'm finished. You can play. You can play 10 minutes ago. I'm really through. And I want to pray for everybody right now. Seriously. All of you right now who are in a season that he wants to make you great. He wants to, he's told you to move your kindred, leave your family, leave all that type of stuff. And you, you don't have a problem following the instructions of God. But you have a problem separating from the people. Separating from your past separating from what you've been accustomed to God's saying it's a lot it's a lot you're saying that's a play on words yeah it is but it's a lot is it not is it not weighing you down is it not keeping you up at night is it not to the point that you can't enjoy the blessings that he has for you because you're so busy trying to intercede for somebody who doesn't want to change how are you going to rebuke a demon that somebody wants to be their friend? I'm rebuking a demon for you and you like the demon. I'm saying come out from them. They're like, I don't want it to leave. It's becoming a lot. And I only want people in my life and I only want people in this season. It might sound strange, but I only want people who are ready. Because being me costs a lot. Sterling, it cost him so much that it gave his life. <laughs> he gave his life. It cost Jesus everything for me to be free. So if it costs Jesus a lot, I want what he has, but I can't have your stuff because I'm not called to that. It's too much. Everybody stand to your feet all over the building. I don't know. I mean, it might have seemed solemn. It might have seemed direct. I don't know. All I know is the word of God. It's all I know. It's the word of God. Anybody in this room 
who that message has dealt with. That message was for you, and you really are the season when you need to make some decisions. Will you lift your hand and say, that, that's me, right? I'm right there. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, sister. Thank you. I just want to make sure. Father, every hand is raised. Every person has raised a hand. Father, teach us to deal with this. Teach us to deal with the things and separate from things that you want us to separate from. To move into the blessings of the Lord. To move into the power. To move into the power of your might. To be able to experience what you have for me to experience. I, I don't want to miss this season because of my compassion. I don't want to miss this season because I'm making wrong decisions and I'm being pulled into stuff I don't need to be pulled into. Father, I don't want to miss it. Don't let me miss it because of me. Don't let me miss anything because of myself. Don't let me get in the way of what you're trying to make me. Don't let me get in the way. Somebody holler out right now. Don't let me get in the way. Holler out again. Don't let me get in the way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, make me over. Lord, make me over. Lord, make me over. Make me over again. Make me over again, Lord. Make me over, Lord. Make me over, Lord. Make me over. Make me over. Make me over again. Anybody ready for that? Come on. Lord, make me over. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, Keep growing.